when you approach your 30s, did it affect you at all that you weren't married? It did. I, t- I took it in an approach of two phases. Um, more in my l- mid to late 30s, I did feel a pressure to do it. Um, it became kind of a check mark on my timeline, on my checklist. And when I did not reach that um, accomplishment, per se, I did start to think and worry about myself and probably wanted to put myself in situations that weren't ideal for me. I'm on a journey to discover, uncover, and recover love. Now, as a national playwright, I've penned dozens of shows about relationships. As a filmmaker, I've documented the most beautiful committal of lovers at weddings. And as a divorcee, I know firsthand the brevity of marriage and the pain of its loss. I'm the Terrasar Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Terrasar Whitfield. Listen, I am so excited about the guest that we have in studio on today. Now, this young lady is an entrepreneur. I mean, this girl, she's a boss lady. Uh, she owns the parent company, The Bell House, which has the company Sweet Things. She makes amazing custom cakes. Uh, she also owns The Bell Pantry. She Listen, this young lady has come up with her own seasonings. When I tell you she is so <laughs> unconventional, blows my mind. And she's also the co-owner of Low and Rosie Creative Studio. So if you're looking for a place to for a special event, check her out. She's a healthcare executive for the top global tech company. Listen, without further ado, this is my buddy, Lauren Rogers. You know her as Low Michelle. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. Lauren. Now, how do you ever have time to do anything? You know what? I always say you make time for things that you want to do. Well, have you made time for love? Have I made time for love? I have. Yes, definitely. Okay. So, all right. We're just going to jump right on into it. (laughs) Now, um, I saw on Instagram a couple of months ago, back in February, where you celebrated your 30th birthday. I did. I am 30 years old. (laughs) So, listen. Uh... In my life as a national playwright, I did Mm -hmm. a play called By Any Means Necessary. It was a play about these three overly Christian women, or I'll say overly uh, righteous women. Mm -hmm. And they concocted a scheme to get married by the age of 30, and they were Mm -hmm. all 29 and a couple of months shy from 30. We're going to call this podcast Dirty 30. Dirty 30. Dirty 30. So when dirty 30 <laughs> hits, you get, you know, you're you're all the way up. You grown, grown, you grown, know, grown. you grown, grown. Mm-hmm. You should have some grown, grown bills. Uh, hopefully you've moved out of your your parents house at that time, <laughs> uh, if not a whole lot sooner. But you are grown, grown. Yes, sir. So as you approach 30, mm-hmm. when you start looking at the subject of love and relationships, um, let me ask you this. Are you in a relationship right now? No, I am single. You are single. Yes. Are you desiring marriage? I am, definitely. So you're definitely desiring marriage? Definitely desiring marriage. Okay. So I know you know the statistics where they say if you're not married by the age of 30, it begins to decline. Now, I know that society and people are getting married. Um, they're getting married at later ages uh, during this time. But how did that affect you, if any? When you approach your 30s, did it affect you at all that you weren't married? It did. I, t- I took it in an approach of two phases. Um, more in my l- mid to late 30s, I did feel a pressure to do it. Um, it became kind of a check mark on my timeline, on my checklist. And when I did not reach that um, accomplishment, per se, 
I did start to think and worry about myself and probably wanted to put myself in situations that weren't ideal for me. But in my mid to late 30s, I also found love and I really figured out what I did not want. So as I approached 30, it was no longer necessary for me to be married by 30. And I was I was very happy being single going into my last year of my 20s and into my 30s for sure. So you found love in your 20s. Mm -hmm. You um, ejected <laughs> out of that love situation yeah, and approaching your 30s. You said, hey, I'm happy going into my 30s, not in a relationship, mm -hmm. but yet and still you desire marriage. I do. During, during our little, um, I call it a little vetting process as I talk to you uh, to find out where your mind was. You said, unlike most women who say, you know, they reach a certain level of success where a lot of them are shying away from marriage. You said that's not your story. Why is that? Definitely not. Um, I am still very traditional, you know, calling myself as being in a Southern Belle but I was raised around successful marriages, not only successful marriages, successful black marriages. And I saw um, the outcome of two people coming together and growing something and building something and a legacy. And I definitely want to do that in my life. And I want children. And I think to be to set that foundation is important that they're raised in a, a two parent household. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's how I was raised. And I, I definitely want to emulate that as well. So how many years have your parents been married? Oh, my parents have been married 35, 36 years, 35, 36 years. Yes. Now you told me something that really just blew my mind. You still have your grandparents living, correct? Yes. My mother's parents are still alive. And how long have they been married? Oh goodness. They've been married 70 Two years. 72, 72 years. years. <laughs> when I think about that, I think about the power, you know, and I even told you, I said, I would love to have them. You was like, that probably would never happen. <laughs> but I was like, I would just love to sit down and talk to a couple that weathered. I mean, they went through a lot of stuff that happened from a, a national standpoint, uh, not even considering the stuff that they went through from a marital standpoint. But it's like 72 years, you've seen a lot together. What does it feel like when you're witnessing them together? The roles have changed, and I've seen them transform um, over the past 30 years. I can speak from that, where my grandmother um, was a homemaker, and she took on that role, and the household made, thing, made sure things were done. And now that role has kind of reversed. Of course, they're both retired, where my grandfather now is taking on more of a caretaker role and taking care of my grandmother a little bit more um, um, in their relationship. So it, it goes to show that role reversal, it does happen. And um, it goes to show who you marry today may not be the person you marry um, in, in the long term. You transform, you grow, um, and you change. And so it's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to see how they look out for one another and worry about one another still in this, in this age. And they're not settled unless each other are okay. It's a beautiful thing to see. Growing up, watching these successful marriages, mm -hmm. what type of ideology did you have in regards to marriage? What did you see for your future? Naturally, I think... I desired a man that was like my uncles, my grandfather, and my father, and um, great qualities, great qualities of men. So um, naturally, I wanted those things, but I also wanted someone that had a drive and an entrepreneurial spirit like myself. Um, knowing I was raised by an alpha woman takes a strong man. But I appreciate it so much more in my 20s and seeing how my dad was able to balance an alpha woman. And that just made him an even stronger man. But it takes a special man to be with a woman like me 
Um, and I don't say that that lightly. It's not cockiness. <laughs> it's definitely not co- it's definitely not cockiness. But if I have put all this hard work into my life, not only career, professionally, um, spiritually, my relationship with God, with the relationships I'm fostering with my girlfriends, if I put all this effort, being financially stable, you know, eliminating debt, credit, put all that work there, I want to put that same effort and intention into my love life. So when you talk about your faith, um, mm-hmm. is it important for you to be married to someone that's a Christian? Of course. I don't see it working without that. Okay. So what has your relationship journey been? Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you look at your first serious adult relationship, mm-hmm. uh, can you talk about that? I will. Yeah, I think that's great. So I want to start by saying I've had this unique experience that the majority of the people I've dated were genuinely good guys. We didn't work out for, you know, just incompatibility issues or whatever, or just wrong timing, you know, but um, I do believe now in kind of that, they say you have three major loves in your life. You have your puppy love. I had definitely had the puppy love. Then you had that major breakup, that heartbreak, that lesson. You so I've that. experienced my well, lesson. That, well, that lesson went hurt, boy. <laughs> that right there, take you out. Make you not even want to love nobody again. I'm telling you. So I had to definitely um, recoup from that situation. <laughs> and I learned a lot about myself. About, you know, you talk about with your other um, members on your podcast, what you want, what you don't want. I had to recognize um, my contribution to that relationship as well. And I 100%. think sometimes a lot of women, we want to play victim. I'll be, I'll yeah. be honest about that. I have to see what I contributed to that situation. Yeah. And then ultimately, which is a hard pill for a lot of women to swallow, find happiness within myself. They say it, but you really have to believe that. And I had to put myself in a position to trust God to know that. Ultimately, he knows the desires of my heart, and it's going to come. Yes. And I'm not, I can't just sit around and wait on it. And if I'm saying I'm happy and I'm not truly believing it, I'm only lying to myself. Yes. So I've been in that preparation stage as well. And don't believe me, I'm a Southern Belle. I definitely believe in courtship, in the chase, in the art of the pursuit. But I have to understand I'm preparing myself for something great as well. And so had that major heartbreak. So now I think I'm in the position to be able to receive it. And I'm now on that path to find love as well. And it, whenever that comes within a year, next five years, maybe 10, I'll get there. And if it doesn't, it's okay. Cause I love myself and I have a lot of love in my life as well. And, um, I'll, and I'll be fine. And that will be just fine. I can still have a full fulfilling life even without marriage. Do I want it? Of course. So you said 10 years. Mm-hmm. 10 years, that'll put you at 40 years old. You think that that process of getting between 30 and 40 wouldn't have you panicking, saying, oh, what is wrong with me? Uh, why haven't I been chosen to be married? Why Do you think that that would deal with your self-esteem? Um, if you asked me that two, three years ago, definitely, definitely so. So now you're at a place where you're just, you feel like you're whole, you're complete. Exactly, and- exactly. And it's something I definitely want. You know, I think we all have dreams and desires, whether it be in relationships or other career goals or things we want to obtain, we may never get. But that's just telling me that's not God's purpose for me. And I have to be okay with that. And I have to trust him. And it's a hard lesson. And it didn't come easy. It's easy saying it now. But I'm at that place where I'm definitely okay. And I trust him to take care of it. He will take care of it. So here on the Dear Future Wifey podcast, we like to keep it lit. All right. So I know you're going to feel like I'm digging and. You know, I'm be uncovering <laughs> some stuff or whatever. But I just, I'm always interested about, I'm always interested in someone's journey. Mm-hmm. And 
you can always tell a lot about somebody based on their last relationship. Mm-hmm. So would you like to discuss your last relationship? Would I like to discuss my Are you last open to discussing your last <laughs> yes, relationship? Yes, I'm open to discussing my last relationship. Oh, okay, because I want, I want permission now. We, we, <laughs> Thank we, you. Yeah, Thank we, you. Yeah, yeah we've we, we talked about this. Mm-hmm. So your last relationship, how long has it been since you've been out of that relationship? It has been almost three years. At the end of the year, it'll be three years. Almost three years. What did you learn no, I'm going to ask you what you learned about that relationship last, but I want you to tell me, give me a little overview of that relationship. Overview of a relationship. Um, very passionate relationship. Um, was you in love? I was definitely head over heels in love. It, it moved very um, quickly. I trusted him. Um, um, my family knew him. We We had a lot of good memories in good times. But when I say it was very passionate for the good reasons and the bad reasons, and um, that's ultimately why we aren't together today. Kept it nice and vague. <laughs> Kept it real nice I and vague. I figured you were going to ask me a little bit more. I'll, well, because yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to pry. I'm trying to just allow you to talk <laughs> about what you're comfortable talking about. Because okay. it's hard because I know the story, so I don't want to just mm-hmm. put you on out there. So, so when you say passionate, what do you mean by passionate? Ugh, you said because that's the first thing you led off with. You mm-hmm. said we were very passionate. Something I compare that to our first year um, when we met, we hit it off very quickly. It was a long distance relationship, and we okay. weren't in the same city. So, in perspective of passion, for the first year, we never went two weeks without seeing each other. Wow! So, a lot of travel, a lot of back and forth, um, and so he was present all the time. Um, and intensive, and, and we balanced each other out. Um, he was balancing both a career and starting a business. I had a business and a career, so we understood how to be. You flexible. always had a business. You had a business. You were <laughs> nine years old, so we learned how to be flexible. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm chaosing. You make time for, for what the things you, w- you want to do. Yeah. And exactly. in that situation, if as crazy as our lives were, we made that time. And he had a vision. Um, where he talked about the future and talking about wanting to place me in that future. And that made me feel very confident and secure that um, this was something that I was in for the long term. So when he said he had a vision of where he wanted to place you in the future, mm-hmm. I hope it wasn't as vague as that. He said, I wanted you to be, he yes. wanted you to be his wife, yes. specifically wife. So the day I introduced him to my parents, he told my father that I would be his wife. Oh, shoot. That's what I'm talking about. I like it when a man just speak up. And so, you know, me and my mom, we were poppers. Me and my mom were poppers. We was kind of like, okay. okay. <laughs> All right, I guess so. So it was, it was one of those moments. So, yeah. So he was very intentional up front. His actions matched his words. So um, I had no reason not to believe everything this man was saying. And then what? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Let me see if I have a sound effect for that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, I guess then what? I, I guess it really wasn't a then. I guess you want to know what went what went what wrong. went awry. What went awry? This beautiful love story. You 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 yeah. y'all were seeing each other bi-weekly. Y'all were mm-hmm. traveling to see each other. Y'all wouldn't let distance come in between y'all. Mm-hmm. He told us, "Your father, this is my wife. Mm-hmm. Your daughter is going to be my wife." And you were doing well financially. He was doing well financially. Mm-hmm. Seems like a perfect 
love story in the making. In the making. So I think it's a combination. It's never just one thing. It's a combination of things. And I spent a lot of time on all of them. The first one would be um, he was trying to f- fulfill or heal from um, the the passing of his mother. Okay. And not having a relationship with his father. And I remember a lot of times in our arguments, that will be my answer. I can't be your mom. Good. I can't be your mother. Um, and it wasn't that he wanted me to do things for me. It was that nurturing type of thing, which I natu- I'm naturally a nurturer. You are? So, yeah. You know, normally, like, you boss women, y'all kind of, you no, know. No, no, no. I'm naturally a, a nurturer. Uh, even if you think about any of my businesses when I do corporate is taking care of people I love people I thrive off of making people happy and so um, we we connected there um, so it was a little bit of and that's not one thing that could ruin a relationship that's what I'm saying it was a multiple things yeah. um, secondly is and I had experience not just with this with him with other men that they love the aspect of a woman like myself but having to deal with that on the daily business we have an opinion <laughs> <laughs> Listen, fellas, they have an opinion. <laughs> and if we're built, he was building a business, and there's a business case, or if I'm looking at numbers, I'm looking at books, and things don't look quite right. Oh, it's like, okay, yeah, no, 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 we don't, we don't I, say all the good stuff. Don't tell me all the bad stuff. And I couldn't be a yes woman to 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 that. And I revealed some things, and I saw some things in some in with building that character issues that I was like, yeah, that's not. Um, ultimately going to be um, what I want for myself. Um, and there was, um, he was, um, he was in Atlanta, you know, a thriving business. He was an alpha male that when he walked into a room, he, 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 he owned that attention. This is what attracted me to him. Um, but that attracts other women too. So we'll leave that one at that. Leave that right there. Hey. <laughs> was, was he the same age as you around the same age? Um, around the same age. I think he was uh, a few years, um, older, three, three years older than me. And then third is, is managing success or fourth, I mean, be fourth, managing success in, in a relationship. I didn't really get to see his character flaws until his business took off. And it revealed something, some selfishness and some and some things where ultimately I did not want to have in my life long term. So what was your takeaway? So you experienced this. You experienced what we consider and what mm-hmm. you consider real love. Mm-hmm. That was real love, right? That was real love. That was real love where, like I said, you, you're family was involved Mm -hmm. it was like when you start talking about looking in books and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and being able to see people's business uh, acumen that's really trying to build something with Mm -hmm. someone and um you said that was some a traumatic heartbreak that you went through right definitely who ended it um i would say he did because he emotionally detached much sooner than me walking away from the relationship. But if you look at, you know, well, who ended? Well, I walked away. So it was ultimately my decision, but I had every reason. I feel like I was being pushed, um, pushed to that out, point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you had to go make a decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at that three years ago, has that prevented you from opening up to a, another love interest? Or do you feel like you're, you know, between those three years, you went through the healing necessary, and now you're at that place, or were you at that place a year after the breakup, or when did you get to this uh, available for love uh, from a heart perspective? Um, every woman or everyone that's experienced a heartbreak will say there's a healing process, and there definitely was. Um, and I spent a year 
really focusing on that healing um, because there's residual in relationship. You're not yes. just healing just from that situation. It's, it impacts a lot of other things yeah. in your life. Um, you know, we talked about um, my diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. And that happened in that last year of that relationship where stress was at, at, at its highest point. Um, and so it was really focusing on um, healing internally, emotionally, spiritually. Hold on. Um, you said you brought up something that was a trigger <laughs> for me. What did he say about that? About oh. your diagnosis. When you just said that, that I forgot. When you said that, he that wants me shit. To reveal, he wants me to go there. Um, but it's brutal honesty. I think that's important. Yes. When you, you're in a relationship and you're hearing someone um, tell you how they're feeling and you're not being receptive of that. And honestly, I don't think it was him. Honestly, I, I think it was God speaking through him to yeah, tell me that's to good. get the heck out. And that wasn't the turning pivotal moment. I, I, we talk about that yeah. too. You asked me about what that moment was, but... Um, upon that diagnosis, I had a very bad, um, spell and I, um, it, it was scary. It was scary for everyone. And it was at a point where we didn't know what it was, but he, he looked me in my eyes and he said, I don't want to take care of you the rest of your life. And taking someone that is such in control of her life, that was so on top, and that was so, that really broke me down. And that was only, I, I didn't share this with you before, but. It was um, um, sabotage. It was um, mental heartbreak up to tell me your own only thing you're good, you're good looking and you can cook. That's all you're worth. We know that that's not true. I know that's not true sitting here. But in, when you're in love and you hear things like that, it definitely takes a toll on who you think you are as a person. You saying he said that to you. You said that to yourself. No, He said that to me. Um, he said you're good looking and you can cook. That's mm-hmm. about that's all about you it. bring to that's the all, table. That's all you bring to that's all you bring to the table. I think God gives us those let my mm-hmm. people go. Um mm-hmm. I call those let my people go. Meaning that when Pharaoh, mm-hmm. the children of Israel didn't want to leave Egypt mm-hmm. and and um God impressed upon Pharaoh's heart to release them and he kept bringing plagues he kept bringing all this stuff to him and he said let my people go and so what happens is oftentimes when we're tied into a relationship yes. and we see all these different signs of not mm-hmm. of not leaving we have every every reason green light to leave leave yes. leave go and we say no 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 and then god speaks through that individual mm-hmm. and he says something as traumatic as devastating as he did this is suicide this is emotional suicide for yourself Lauren, what are you, what is going to be the breaking point where you are just you, you're just going to leave? What is that going to point where you're yeah. going to tell yourself this is not what enough I want? Is this enough. is not what I my daddy didn't do it, my granddaddy didn't do it, my my uncles and, and aunts, and my brother who's married. This is not. I have very very good examples. examples. I never heard anyone in my family, any man in my family, talk to a woman that way. So let's let's be clear there. But it was also because I never experienced it. I probably didn't know how to handle it. So that was a mental aha moment for me. And I literally woke up one morning and had said, I have to get the heck out of this relationship. Probably didn't say heck, though, but, <laughs> but, but nonetheless, had you had to go. <laughs> I had to go. It was time to go. Now, Lauren, you're a beautiful woman. So I know you have a lot of guys sliding in your DMs. Is that <laughs> is that is that accurate? Um. Uh. Quality over quantity. No, I didn't say that. I said guys. <laughs> yes. Guys sliding okay. your DMs. We, yes. We're not going to quantify them. There's not a lack of attention. I'm not. Uh, yes. 
Yes. Okay. Just say yes. Um, do you ever respond to guys? Can a guy pick you up through your DMs? Can a guy pick me up through my DMs? Can a guy <laughs> show interest? No, can he get a response? Can he get a response? Yes. A, a guy can get a response via DM. Okay, so fellas. Know. Oh, gosh, Lord, fellas. I just put that out there. Yeah, fellas. Yeah, uh, fellas. So, hey, because we, 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 we got to use modern technology in our favor. Yeah, so, yeah. have you ever been on any dating sites? I have. Um, my ex, I met on a dating site. Oh, you met on a dating site. Yes. So, it's actually worked out for you. <laughs> you know, loosely. Yeah, you found love. So I think experiences are everything. everything. Heartbreak is heartbreak, but you have mm-hmm. to experience even t- stepping out there, experiencing love. Yes. And so I, you know, I call that successful. I call that successful because it taught you a lot about yourself. And then the guy who is blessed to have you as his wife, you come with that ex- that experience, mm-hmm. and you come from a different level of appreciation when you have a guy look in your eyes and say, "Baby, I don't care what you go through through sickness and health." And now that's, that's going right. to mean something greater yes. for you in the future. Definitely, Amen. So, so on the are you still on dating sites? I'm taking a break from online dating websites at Why? this point. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> You just know you're taking a break. I just know I'm taking a break. <laughs> you know, you, you dab a little. You go in the game. You come out the game a little bit. Then jump back um, in again. COVID doesn't make it the easiest, I, I, you know, as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of men right now are eager to see you. And I'm like, have you been tested? But can't see you on FaceTime. Right. FaceTime is a beautiful thing. We have so many avenues to see one another right now. I'm just not interested in meeting new people through a national, uh, uh, worldwide pandemic. So um, I've kind of given online because it's really active right now. It's busy because everyone's at home. And yeah, we got a lot of time on their hands. A lot of time on their hands. There's a lot to weed through. Um, so, yes. I heard that online dating can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know what the some of the dating sites but whatever dating site you were on how was the matching process was it like they would i don't know how that stuff worked it will depend you can set <laughs> that's funny there's this one where you can set parameters and what you want and i guess mine are too specific because it'll be like it's nobody left you need to expand your search <laughs> so i get that and i'm like i'll just try again tomorrow because no this is what i exactly want and if they don't fit into this criteria, then no. So I'll come back tomorrow. Then the next day, maybe two or three more. Um, then they'll tell you again, expand your search. Lauren be having all this criteria. And yes. then she, she looks and got Jesus' face on there. Isn't that me? So here goes Jesus. That's, what, that's who's for me. That's who's for me. <laughs> like, wow. Hey, Jesus. Um, I weed through it. Um, for one, you can tell a lot. If someone is not going to commit to their profile, um, answer the questions. <laughs> like some some guys, like you can just put a period just to, <laughs> to fulfill the requirement. It. And that's not someone. If you're not going to even answer the question, or then you'll have those certain ones that they'll come with their list of things that they don't want. And but they don't. she got to wear her natural hair. She can't weave. She can't expect this. No, no, no. Then you're like, okay, no, next. Okay. <laughs> And so you can you learn how to navigate. And then oh, the p- picture quality, you know, like we all bootleg. Well, if you know where are you, you have sunglasses on, your hats on, the you know, <laughs> your hairline receding. These are things I need to know. Or if they're not full body pictures, or you can tell they're from a few years back. So you know, there's yeah, there's, there's qualifications for sure. See, that you can lot. weed through, and you can eliminate a lot of the noise. It's just like going to a bar, or a happy hour, and you're scanning the room. There's things you can do in online dating as well. 
Online dating. All right. <laughs> so you 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 you've gone down that route of online dating. Uh-huh. Um, you're still open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just on hiatus right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, what about traditional? Do you ever get guys uh-huh. that approach? See, people would never believe this. And I'm gonna have a confession, y'all. Armani, I want you to <laughs> zoom in on my face right here. Okay, oh, so you I am like afraid to approach a girl. A young lady, a woman on the street, and be like, "Hey, how you doing? My name's Latiris, and uh, I saw you uh, buying that mask over there for the pandemic, and uh, I'd just like to have your phone number." I can't do that. It's impossible for really? me to walk up. I can't do it, Lauren. Why is that? I just can't. And in my brain, I see myself as somebody like that. I just can't do it. That's the art of the pursuit. That's a turn on. It is, me. but the minute, but, but I'm telling you, if a woman looks my way and like give me a green light, oh, yeah. I'm like I'm a like I'm a green light kind of girl. I'm a pounce. But the reality oh, is, pounce. Yeah, I have okay. to use my animalistic <laughs> terminology. I'm like, hey, 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 how you doing? But just like walking up and seeing, I'll pass by you up and down the aisle fifty million times. I just be like, thanks, you fine. Thanks, you fine. That's it. So what is this insecurity? I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, but a lot of men say this, so I'm curious. I think that I just don't know. I, I think I need therapy. I just don't. I just don't know. I don't know how to just walk up to a woman and say that. If we we're in the same vicinity, if Hello, we're in the audience. same. This is the Dear Future Hubby <laughs> podcast. My name is Lauren Rogers, and I'm interviewing Latarius Whitfield. And today we're going to address. <laughs> no, yes, I'm, I'm just dealing with some things. <laughs> no, it's just it's impossible. But if we're, we're if we're in the same environment and we're just you know casually talking to each mm-hmm. other, then I'm gonna talk. You know, mm-hmm. I ain't afraid mm-hmm. of that. But just walking up to a total stranger and just like, oh my god, I cannot let you lead this the Smoothie King without giving you them. <laughs> and I said that because I was at Smoothie King a couple of months ago, and I was like, dang, this lady in front of me is so doggone fine. And she looks single, single. But I ain't going to ask her for a phone number. So I think that's um, generational, too, because I'm, I'm going to tell you, millennial men are a little different these days. Um, so I feel that there is this kind of equality 50 50 so you have the you have the millennial men that won't do like women should be able to approach men too mm-hmm. let us be let's just talk clearly lauren's not approaching a man i'll give you the cue to come over and talk but then they are coming with questions it's like an interview who men, a millennial men like what oh so oh what do you do oh where are you from was your daddy in your life <laughs> what's your credit score no they don't what's your next 10 year plan Yes, so I'm on an interview, and so for me, so that's that, that's that's motivation because I feel like he obviously does not know who I am. Are you approached most of the time by younger guys or older guys? Now that I'm 30, it's a mix. It's oh, really? A mix, yes. From so what ages? It's from 22 young guys to um, older granddaddies. <laughs> what 60, 70? Yes, papas. Don't be no 70 year old dudes hollering at you. Sir. Trying to make you a sugar baby. No, 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 no. That's definitely not going to work. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so, what do you normally say to them? Do you even respond? I'm nice. I, I, I know a lot of women take different approaches, but if if they're respectful and good intentions, I let the you know I just tell them I'm not interested. And in. I'm black and white though, so I let them know I'm not interested. Thank you, flattered, but no, thank you. So okay. you're single not by the lack of Mm-mm. opportunities. Right. It's by quality 
Quality, yes. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. It's about quality, yeah. And I don't want you to even say on this podcast what you're looking for. You touched on it about from attributes and qualities and characteristics that mm-hmm. your uncles and your dad and your brother has. Um, but I like for that to stay a mystery for guys because guys, you'll start finding a narcissistic guy that will meet exactly what you're doing. Exactly, yeah. They will gaslight you from day one. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I made everything that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you find out who he really is like six months later. And um, Thanks for that protection. Oh, yeah, I got to protect mm-hmm. my sisters because I'm Thank telling you. these dudes, they'd be like, well, okay, <laughs> she wants this and he wants right. that. All right. Oh, I can tell it all that. You know, exactly. that's just like creating on the profile. Yeah, you got you to be careful about that. What is it that you desire most from a relationship? When you look at marriage, why do you even want to get married? I know you say you're traditional, but mm-hmm. why? I think there's something extremely beautiful about two whole people kind of coming together and building something greater. And that's a beautiful thing. And I want to do that. Can't they do that in what they call it now, those little life partnerships? What's a life partnership? It's when people just say, all right, Lauren, you and I, we're going to rock together. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be me and you. That's just what it is. We don't need no government. We don't need the the the, the, the government to determine our love for each other. We don't need no piece of paper. That paper don't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? You know how I feel about you. That's a facade. That's not real. So when people say that, oh, you don't want the real thing. You want something like it. No, this is real. This is real. This is what we... But See, what happened, Lauren, is you've been brainwashed uh, by the white man telling you what marriage should be. You know what I'm saying? What you need to do is you need to broaden your mind and be a free thinker. And you need to just... It's, it's about commitment. It's about relationship with each other. It's about all those things, but it's also very spiritual and it brings back that foundation of having a marriage built on um, on God. And, and I, can't, I can't have that. Uh, yeah. And there it wouldn't is. happen without God. It's a covenant sure and there it is yes sir and there it is so you want traditional i do i'm i'm as much as i am innovative new savvy millennial i'm very traditional very a lot of traditional politics. you love the courtship you love the guy that chase and pursue mm-hmm. that's beautiful don't ever change that lauren uh listen i really enjoyed speaking to you on the dear future wifey podcast thank you for keeping it lit being honest is there anything you want to say to people before i before i release you off into the world and fly. Well, I want my people to follow me. I think this is great. I think what Latiris is doing is so great. But follow me on social media, um, Texas underscore Southern Bell. That's T-X underscore S-O-U-T-H-E-R-N-B-E-L-L. From there, it's a tiny URL. You can find links to all of my business pages and, yes. and my blog. So. So, Lauren, thank you for joining us on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. It was great. Everybody, put your hands together for Lauren Rogers, a.k.a. Lo Michelle. Dear Future Wifey, when the time came and you transitioned to the age of 30, and if you weren't married, did you feel like a failure? Did the sudden reality of not having a diamond adorn your ring finger cause you in any way to feel inadequate? Maybe you were actually married when your clock struck 30 and now you're divorced has the demise of your happily ever after created the fear of getting married again fear not my love awaits you everything happens in God's perfect timing the unbreakable love that we'll have for one another will manifest only because of the wait through bated breath we fought and won the mental war on proverbial clocks we are victorious I love you your future hubby.
Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.